This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Right now, though, yesterday, Buttes, I was at the, at the Mariners' launch of their new kit for the Australia Cup. But it was also a, a fantastic morning for business leaders on the Central Coast to get around the club in 2022 and 23 and beyond. And one of the men who spoke to the crowd yesterday is the new chair, Richard Peel, who joins us live on the line now. Richard, good morning, mate. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. G'day, guys. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Yeah, firstly, congratulations on yesterday. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic morning. In fact, one of the best mornings I've been to for some time. And how was the feedback for you from the business leaders on the coast? It's really exciting, mate. Uh, a lot of new people uh, um, that are looking to uh, uh, get behind what we're trying to do at the club. And um, it was a good opportunity for us to explain our vision and uh, you know, how we can get local businesses involved and expose their businesses to uh, our fans and and then hopefully make it viable for them to uh, you know, sponsor the club. So it was, a, it was a great day. Hey, Richard, in the first hour, I told Michael, like, I really love a great business story. So can we talk about your career momentarily? So you're director and co-founder of Anytime Fitness Australia, and you've got numerous businesses. But can you tell us a little about your background? Yeah, it's not that exciting. I'd rather talk about soccer, mate, but... Um, um, Look, I started in the fitness industry 35 years ago in, in big box health clubs. Um, I've, I've personally owned, uh, I think it's 33 health clubs from really large ones, 7,000 members uh, down to a couple of hundred member type clubs. And um, yeah, we've uh, we've had Anytime Fitness now for 15 years in Australia. Um, and we're, you know, we've got a long way to go. We've, we've got 570,000 members, which we're, we're proud of in a population of 24.5 million. Um, but, you know, we want to make a million members and so we've got a lot of hard work ahead of us. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit about my story. Um, yeah. Let's yeah, talk he's soccer. Far, far, <laughs> far too humble, isn't he? Oh, way too humble. And, Richard, I've got to say, you know, when you think about the, the way the health industry has changed, um, you know, that concept of the 24-hour gym and having access to it, um, whilst at the start it might have been a little bit foreign, it's now common practice basically everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, Anytime Fitness was the first uh, uh, chain globally to put the 24-7 access in there. And um, obviously, you know, it forced the industry to change drastically. Mm. Um, it, it is interesting, you know, everybody thinks they want 24-hour access, but it's nice to have that, but very few people use it between you know, the hours of midnight and four o'clock in the morning, a few shift workers and that. But I think people just like the thought of having access whenever they can. So, yeah, it is a standard across the industry for sure. Yeah, well done to you and, you know, having the foresight to be able to offer that to uh, your clients. And obviously it's kicked on to bigger and better things uh, for yourself. Now, back to the Mariners and, um, you know, I guess your involvement in the club has probably come about due to the fact that, you know, you've, you liked what uh, the coach, Nick Montgomery, was about and his assistant, Sergio, um, and, and you liked their concept and their philosophies. Talk to us a bit about that. Well, look, you know, out of necessity, the, the Central Coast has always had to have a focus on their youth development 
yep. and uh, you know giving players exposure into the first team football, um, which has created this uh, mach- machine of producing great players that we we end up selling overseas, and and that is our business model, and we're going to continue to do that. In fact, we're we're amplifying our um, our commitment and our investment into our youth academies um, to see if we can. Uh, produce even more players um, and, and move them on. And, and um, like you said, you know, massive respect for both Nick Montgomery and his assistant, Serge, and the whole, whole team that, that Nick's put together um, around him. Um, and I know by the end of this season, there's going to be four or five or six players that people have, don't know today, but they will be you know, household names around the Central Coast towards the yeah. end of this uh, season. A, because they deserve to be there, but B, you know, we're, we're a club that, that, because we don't have the budgets to buy the, the big imports, we have to rely on um, and finding these great young talents and giving them the opportunity. I find it interesting, Richard. My son's been involved uh, or was involved, both my boys, with the Mariners program. And I think it's only probably been, you know, in particular with Nick and, and Sergio, recent years where they've really fostered the, the academy uh, players and brought them through. And, and, you know, we've seen that over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, there's more than a handful of players that have come through that academy program. And it was probably disappointing before that, um, it wasn't tapped into, and I see a lot of the the other A League clubs not utilising their youth players. And I, I just think, what's the point of having an academy program if you're not going to tap into these kids? Because this is where you develop the culture, and, and, and all these kids. And, and you can look at rugby league, you can look at soccer, and you can look at you know most major sports. You know those that are successful, uh, and Penrith is a classic example. Those that are successful actually rely on their local juniors or people that have been in their system for a long time. And it's no coincidence, it's no fluke that these kids understand it and they, you know, they're passionate about uh, the jersey that they're wearing. And not only that, they're also engaging in the community because they've been brought up in the local community and people want to go see and watch them play. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned Penrith because it's one of the sporting organisations that I've got massive respect for and... Um and, and, and candidly, you know, we're taking taking the lead from what those guys do in the youth youth space. Um, so, totally agree with uh, what you said. It's interesting you mentioned getting back into the, uh, you know, when you when you bring people through youth academy, they're tied into the community. I think COVID has has you know, stopped that to to a large degree, but um, we're very 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 committed towards all our players getting back out in the community and, and people around the Central Coast will see Mariners players at, at primary schools, surf clubs, hospitals, um, all that sort of thing, uh, local soccer clubs, uh, a lot more than they have done in the last few years uh, over the coming uh, few seasons. So we've, we've, you know, we've got to get back to doing that, back out into our community. The other thing, you know, I, I do agree, you know, there are many, many clubs around Australia, and I don't want to be critical of other clubs' operations, but I watch their youth teams play, and I see plays in there, and I go, wow, that kid, you know, that kid's got something special, but you just, because they've got, you know, they're able to, to, to spend bigger and have more established players, it seems to stop a lot of these really good young players getting that exposure in the first team, and I, yep. I do believe that it's, it's it's actually affected our our performances on the international stage over the last 
few years. So uh, it's one of the things that we're passionate about is um, you know, continuing to uh, to give that exposure um, so that uh, hopefully we can get more and more players into the national teams. That's, that's one yep. of our big goals. We're talking to Richard Peel, the new chair of the Central Coast Mariners. I want to discuss uh, some American sport, but Pete, yep. you've got I, the next question. Got, no, no, I just got a little comment just in relation to what you said about, you know, going into the community and, and being a part of that. I think ultimately, especially the, the local soccer clubs, you've got to fish where the fish are, right? There's no point yeah. throwing rods out and, you know, where the fish ain't biting. And, and you know what? Those local <laughs> junior kids, they're passionate about soccer, right? They're the ones that you yeah. want to engage and get them to the game. Uh, uh, How are you going to do that? By actually letting the kids see their heroes and being a part of it and get to see, you know, touch and feel them and, you know, be a part of it. Touch, so, touch and feel. You're starting to sound like Mr. Miyagi here, Butes. Uh, like well, you're throwing, on, out, throwing out some philosophy. Hey, Richard, yesterday when we spoke, you mentioned about Minnesota FC. So I did some research afterwards and, wow, what a football club that is. And that's one of the clubs around the world that you're trying to maybe model where the Mariners are heading. And can you share some of your thoughts about the game day experience, which you know, you're a lover of American sports, and tell us some of the ideas you've got for the Mariners moving forward. Yeah, look, I'm fortunate to... Uh, I go to Minnesota uh, four or five times a year. Um, that's where uh, the Anytime Fitness head office is situated and I do take in a lot of uh, uh, American sporting events um, so I I, I um, am a massive fan of, of, of the way they create a, a whole entertainment event um, and that's what we're trying to you know that's one of our big goals this year at the Mariners is to um, not just give the supporters a 90 minute game of football we want to give them a three three and a half hour family experience where they can come in and and the people that want to go and have a beer they can go and have a beer the people that want to listen to some live music can go and listen to live music there'll be interactive games for kids to play there'll be halftime entertainment we're going to be running some exciting competitions at halftime and trying to bring into the australian sporting uh well the central coast um some of the things that i've seen uh, work and, and excite me when i go to sporting events in in America and Minnesota United are a great example. You know, they've only been around five years and and they're turning people away. And it's it is the best atmosphere I've seen at a uh, a soccer match outside of the UK. Um, they have the drums are behind the goal. They they have standing room only behind the goals, and they they create just an amazing atmosphere. They're singing from the first whistle to the last whistle, and it's um, yeah. We've, we've got a lot of work to do here at the Central Coast Mariners and we probably won't get it right year one, but I do, you know, over, over my tenure here in the next few years, I, I do want to have a real crack at um, 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 making it an exciting day out for families and, and supporters to, uh, to get them excited about coming to the next game. So I want people to walk away from a game at the Central Coast Stadium looking on their phone for when the next home game because they're that excited about about that next home game. So a lot of work to do. Plenty of talk at the moment, but there's a lot of work to do. Well, that is the challenge in world sport, and I was part of a conference with the NRL, I reckon about a decade ago, where we dialed in people from around the world at NRL HQ, and it was about trying to put bums on seats, and it's the most difficult thing in sport, and sometimes we're playing in stadiums that are way too big for that sporting event. Now, you said yesterday... We're blessed with the eighth wonder of the world. That's one of our, you know, I guess one of our trump cards is that we play at Central Coast Stadium. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, I love it. It's one of the reasons I invested in the club. I don't think there's a better a better venue. I mean, there's bigger venues, um, but, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm one for atmosphere. I love atmosphere. I get excited by it myself. Um, so I'd rather have, you know, 12,000 people in a you know, 15,000-seat stadium than, than, you know, 13,000 people in a 80,000-seat stadium. It's a totally different atmosphere. Um, and it's all part about getting people excited about the brand and the experience is, is watching people around them. Um, and you know, one of the one of the the, the the strategies that Minnesota United used in the early days was to actually fill the area behind their goal, um, because it becomes a a bit of as well as watching the game, you're watching the activity that the passionate fans are. are, are doing behind the goal and again that's one of our strategies that we really want to fill uh, the northern end of the stadium as, as much as we can this year and and um, watch the, the the rest of the stands fill up off the back of that so, yeah, yeah I think plenty I of think strategies the RBB... but again sorry, sorry plenty sorry, of strategies Richard. but I've, I've, I've got to make it all happen we've got to make yeah. it all happen I was going to say I think the Western Sydney Wanderers did a great job of that with their RBB yeah, uh, and the way they were so engaging with the crowd. And I went to a few of their games, and the atmosphere atmosphere there was absolutely phenomenal. And, and again, I'm not a massive soccer fan, but I love the fact that there was the crowd participation. I think also the key, uh, Richard, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's that FOMO, yeah. you know, amongst supporters, that fear of missing yeah. out. Am I going to miss out on something that may happen at that game, or you know what? The you know you just want this you know, feeling within the community that we need to get to the Mariners game. And it's about how you create that. Obviously, success helps, but it's what you do in and around that. And as long as your culture as a team is one of which they're competitive, and we see it up with the Newcastle Knights, right? As long as their team is competitive, that will show up, right? If they don't, yeah. if they're not competitive, they won't show up. Right? They don't care whether they win or lose. They just need to be competitive. And I think there's, there's a couple of things there for me that really stand out. Hey, uh, by the way, by the way, boys, uh, tomorrow the Mariners are in action. So we've got uh, Sydney FC, Richard, in the Australia Cup. That game being played at Leichhardt. So that's a round of 32 match. I'm sure you'd like to say a couple of words about that one. But also, how good is it? Round one of the competition. So the draw is out now. And we face our arch rival, the Jets, in round one. And Monty said yesterday in a press conference that uh, yeah, they'll be feeling at the Jets uh, because we rolled them three times last season, twice away and once at home. Yeah, yeah. Look, quickly back to what, what Michael was saying is, uh, you know, I, we we do have to, uh, you know, that FOMO is important to create. And, and that's, you're right, people want to see hard you know, aggressive, uh, exciting people putting energy on the field and putting having a real crack. We we obviously want to win games and we will win plenty of games. But you know, it's about that um, that spirit within the team and how they're performing on the field, not just the results. So I agree, hundred percent. That's that's part of um, of, of attracting uh, supporters to the ground. And and yeah, look to the Sydney game tomorrow. It's it's not you know, it's. We've only been back for you know, about 14 days training, so to go straight into a competitive game um, is uh, is it, it's been a hard uh, couple of weeks for the strength and conditioning guys to get the players to a reasonable fitness level. That we're certainly nowhere near our peak, um, and neither will Sydney be. So it'll 
I think it'll be one of it'll be interesting to see who who is closer to their uh, to their match fitness tomorrow. Um, you know, Sydney will be well prepared. They're they're well coached, and you know, it's no secret they've they've got a massive budget. And um, you know, but we've got a a very young team going out on the park tomorrow. Um, I haven't done the average age, but I'm going to guess it's somewhere around 21 would mm. be our average age, age out on the park tomorrow. And we're going to give it a real crack. We're very keen to go a long way in the cup. In fact, you know, it's one of our goals. We want to win it this year. Um, so we're very excited about that opportunity tomorrow. So it'd be great to get some supporters down there to to Leichhardt. Um And then the, the first round, the F3 derby is, um, yeah, wow, I can't wait for it. <laughs> I'm super <laughs> excited. Um, um, and yeah, look, you know, Newcastle look like they're recruiting well this year, and again, they're well coached. Um, we did have the wood on them last year, but we're not taking that for granted this year. It's a whole new season. You know, we've got a lot of work to do um, between now and, and the start of the season. And, and um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I've got the club's got the best coaching staff, uh, you know, definitely in Australia, but. Maybe, maybe in the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know. We've got a great coaching staff, and I know we'll work hard and, and get the boys prepared for um, for both those games. Yeah, yeah. Richard, uh, thank you so much for your time this morning. Pleasure to meet you yesterday, and also to have you on the radio this morning. And best wishes uh, with the club that we all love, the Central Coast Mariners. Hey, uh, thanks for the time, guys, and and uh, uh, Michael, massive fan of. Uh, of of you in your playing days. So, uh, yeah, great to talk to you guys. Ah, thanks, Richard. You've obviously got a very, very good memory, my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, you, 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 were, you were good to watch, mate. You were the type you. of people, person that brought, brought people in, in the gates. So, yeah, good on you guys. Yeah, have, a great, have a great weekend. Yeah, all the best, Richard. Well, thanks for your time too, mate.